Are you a sneakerhead? Yeah, boy! A baller? Ballin'. Want to know about the hottest brands you can lace up and run with? Well, get ready, because we got all the details right here. Nice take by James. Oh, he stops! LeBron James puts it down in the face of James Johnson. Kevin Durant way outside. Delivers! Kevin Durant from downtown. It's a six-point game. And it goes off to Kobe. Good to ride Kobe underneath. Puts his nose on the line again. Makes the basket. He's fouled. Oh, what a play. And Kobe, after he was fouled, after the ball nestled in the net, he waved to a cameraman down in front. Says, take my picture, baby. Sixers running the break. Iverson accelerating to the jam. It's kicks and bricks where we got game on the streets, and on the court. Money's gotta be the shoes. Shoes, shoes, shoes. shoes. You sure it's not the shoes? I'm sure, Mars. Money's gotta be the shoes. And here's your host, Jamel Cutler. What up, what up? Welcome to Kicks. Today we have a guy that's been all over our TV screens from ballers to power, raising Canaan. Joining us today is London Brown. What's up, my brother? How you doing? What's good, man? Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it, brother. Man, no doubt, my G. So, like, before we get into the new season of power, like, I kind of want to touch on your background a bit. Like, you're from L.A., and um, you have a background, like, in comedy. What was it like growing up in an area where gang culture is, is prevalent, trying to be a comic? You don't really see it as anything different because that's what you grew up. That's the environment you grew up in. So, you know, I stayed next door. You got to pass them, you know, as you do sports or whatnot. And so that was just, that was just regular. But I think that um, the two came together when I was in high school because especially like my freshman and 10th grade year, I used to hang with a lot of gang members because I had gotten cool with them because some of them I had some of them I had classes with. And uh, I remember in high school I used to be able to do like impersonate people on the campus and so they got me cool with them. And so I mean they was cool and they looked out for me. So it was just it was just regular, I guess. Um and so with that you still, you know, you take some of those those stories that you remember growing up, growing up with, and you take them to the stage at some point. And uh, so that's how they, those two were able to kind of come together. And some of those people have come out, some of those game members have come out and uh, have seen me perform and they remember some of those stories. So uh, it, it worked out for me, it worked out for me. You make, you know, make them laugh and keep them from beating you up. And so I got cool that way, so it worked out for me. Has there like ever been a situation where like being funny has gotten like has gotten you out of like a messed up situation or like a scary situation? Yeah, I remember um well in general as far as with, like with classes, I remember my freshman year, uh I used to I used to really be cutting up. Uh well I wasn't really I wasn't a bad kid, but I was just talking, I was always clowning around. One one two fourth period, fourth period was right after lunch. So I have all my energy from lunch, and then I remember I used to get I get I used to get sent to the dean's office like every day, uh, to the point where they would um, I was sent to the office so much they started allowing me to work in the office, and they got cool with me and I wasn't really in trouble no more. My teacher thought she was getting me in trouble, but I made the the, the staff laugh, so they just get applied, you know gave me something to do and I got through that, you know. Um, so it's had its ups and downs. I mean, through, with some of the teachers I would get in trouble with, but I, was, I wasn't a bad kid. I was just talkative. So if I could make them laugh, then, you know, it, it, I didn't I didn't have to get detention, nothing like that. And it was cool. You know, some of, some of my substitute teachers would let me cut up after class, you know, in front of the class. Um, but like I said, I always try to keep it res respectful, you know what I mean? But And being funny definitely helped get me out of some situations. You know, as a comic or an actor, like being from South Central, did that kind of like enhance the artistry of acting and, um, and stand-up comedy 
a bit? As far as the two working together, I think when you grow up in the hood, you you run across or come across a lot of different people. So for me as an actor, it allowed me to lock in on some of those characters that I grew up with uh, that I apply in my act. Um, and even with just different characters that I've been able to pull different things from to develop characters for the different projects. So, you know, and then you just get a lot of game too when you grow up in the hood. Uh, you know, and then I also used to hang out at rehab centers. So when you hang out at rehab centers, you learn a lot of street stuff from guys who've been in and out of the pen and, and, and that sort of thing. So they gave me a lot of game that I was still able to use just to navigate as an adult and through with the comedy and the act and stuff. Do you view acting kind of like as therapeutic to kind of like help you deal with some of the personal tragedies mm -hmm. that you've been a part of? Because I know it's like some actors, you know, um, that's their outlet and that's how they got over their situation. For me, more than the acting, the stand-up is therapeutic. Um, I've definitely been able to use that when I'm having, uh, when I'm just going through different stuff. I go and hit a club because stand-up is like the one place where I don't actually think about nothing else but that, you know. Um, and I try to be very present with that and with acting. You got to be present with both of them. So for sure, you know, the, the stand-up has been clutched which is getting me through. But then also, like again, going through um, the tragedies I've been able to survive when it comes to the acting stuff, I'm able to kind of lean on some of that stuff uh, and, and, and work it within the scene. So uh, it definitely, it definitely helps. Over the last few years, I want to say from 2015 on, like you had a lot of roles, but Ballers was like, one of the first major network shows that you were a part of, like how did being on that show change your life? I got all my stuff out of my mom's garage. <laughs> That's for sure, because every, everything I own was in my mother's garage. So uh, when, I, when I did that show, it just allowed me to get like, get my feet settled. And it wasn't, at that point, it wasn't just something I was doing on the side, but I was able to pay bills and that was it. I didn't have a, a daytime gig and nothing else. That was, you know, that was all I was doing was just paying my bills through acting. And so as an artist, that's a major step to not have a daytime job or passive income from anything else in the sense, but your, your, your core of what you do comes from you just being an artist. So that was a graduation step for me. Um, you know, I was able to help people out, you know, help get people out of jail help people pay rent, you know, uh, help people with the medical bills. I was just able to help people. And that's the main thing I wanted to do anyway. And that's what I'm still trying to do, you know, at some point when I'm really, when I'm really on, then I just want to help people ultimately. Um, it's a good ball. It was good to me. I made sure to uh, definitely give back. When you first met The Rock, like, were you surprised how big he was in person? To me, it was just cool to work with him. That's all, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. he, he, he was down to earth, he was chill. And he's 6'5", but I'm 6'1", so it, it, it ain't that really that drastic to me. Uh, but more than his, more than the physical is his presence. Like you can feel his energy when he walk into a room. Like, you know, the atmosphere changes because you can feel the confidence from around the corner. So that was interesting to feel like, it's a little, it's a little, it's some electricity that goes through the air when he's around. And, you know, it, it may not even be him, but you can feel the energy of the room change because of the people, because everyone else that's chipping up about him. For me, right. I look at people as people, you know, Dwayne Johnson is no different than my, <clears throat> than the, you know, than the homie I grew up with. I mean, because you, if you get rid of all the, if you get rid of all the, you know, all the credits, the movie credits and all of that stuff, people are people. So mm -hmm. I'm just trying to connect with whomever you really are and not with, I'm not connecting with your resume or your accomplishments. Just who are you as a person? If you're cool as a person, then we're going to click. But if there's something weird going on, then, then I'm going I'm to I'm I'm fall back. But 
he was cool, man. He's, he's good dude, good energy. Uh, so yeah, it, it, you know, he was regular, man. He, six five, but I mean, I, you play if you play ball in the hood, you run into people that six five, and you know, my my I got people in my family that's tall, so it, it didn't really mean too much for me. But more so, like I say, his presence is what is what the biggest uh, is, is the biggest thing that you feel in the atmosphere. Did um, being around somebody like Dwayne, who has all the movie credits, the pro wrestling, did um, on the performance side of things, did that help you any? More so for me coming from a, a, a background in theater, that gave me the presence that I needed to stand toe to toe with him in, in the scenes because I'm much smaller than him physically. And so that, I remember that was a concern of mine when we were filming, I remember asking the director, I was like, yo, how does this match up on screen? Does it work? He's like, nah, man, you're good because you got you got a lot of presence. You got a lot of energy. So it works for, how you, for what we're doing. And that's why that was my main thing. I just wanted to make sure that my my performance level uh, was matched up to his. And uh, I think we were able to pull that off because, you know, people definitely hated me from ballers after watching it. Uh, or at least say that, <laughs> The most hated character on the show but and that's cool that's what I, that's what the character was supposed to do was evoke some sort of emotion that would have to remain interesting mm-hmm. and keep a job so it was it was it was good for me it worked out for me man. Mm-hmm. you played that role so well like and like you said like so um like so many people hated that character so much like why do you think people hated reggie so much i think that people hated reggie because you know, I did. I did make a, a clear choice to play him annoying, um, because I wanted to again. I wanted to provoke some sort of emotion when people watched the scene, and I was trying to give Dwayne whatever he needed for the scenes or whomever I was playing across. But the main thing was, I just wanted to make sure that that I was going to carry my weight because a lot of people on that show got big resumes. And all kind of movies that have been acting for a long time. So my biggest thing was just to make sure that I wasn't just playing a one-dimensional best friend character that everyone sees that gets booted off after two episodes. Um, I just wanted to make sure that I gave the writers, you know, something interesting so they would keep writing because my character wasn't supposed to be on the show no more than maybe a couple of episodes. So when they decide to make him, you know, one of the, the stars of the show, a lot of that was uh, was improvised season one because they didn't have nothing written down because I wasn't supposed to be there. So they was writing and typing as I was saying it and as we was doing it. So they kept a lot of my, uh, a lot of my improv lines, uh, improvised lines. So I'm glad, you know, they trusted my choices and um they kept reggie around has there ever been a situation where like an over jealous fan like tried you in the street because of something that reggie did on the show yeah i asked you a couple times once um i remember i was uh i remember i stopped in a club one day and um there's a dude who was mean mugging me in the clubs so i'm like man what are you what's up with him but i know it's la so i know i know what the street says and everything but he kept aim mugging. So I was like, okay, let's see what this is. And, you know, he came up to me eventually and just like, oh man, hey, bro, I thought you was the dude who stole my girl. And then I realized you the dude from the show that I don't like. Hey man, you, I was, I didn't aim me to do you like that, bro. I was just trying to size you up. I said, no, nah, that's cool. He said, oh, my bad, bro. And tried to offer me, buy me a drink. Whatever, I was like, nah, that's cool, man. I had another time I was coming out of a shoe store and uh, some white dude walked in like with his fist balled up and was like, why are you spending all your friend money? I was like, what? Man, you spending your friend money, you're not being you're not being responsible. And he trying to he trying to pull you along, man. You you a leech. Went into the whole thing. I was like, what are you talking about? Don't act like you don't know uh, you don't know who Tom Tall, you get your best friend burning. I was like, sir, I was like, that's a, that's a character, but that ain't even what I'm on. I'm London and I'm buying shoes 
and they eat. we had this whole talk. I took pictures with his kids and his family, and it was you know. So sometimes people people don't know, or I could tell people you know they come up to me and they don't know if I'm an, if I'm the annoying guy from Ballers or they they try to check my temperature. But usually after we talk, then people cool. They're like, oh man, he is cool. He is down to earth, and you know, and they settle down. But yeah, people was uh, really caught up <laughs> with Red. <laughs> Which is cool though. I just say, I don't mind. It's, it's I'm not like that. Yeah. So it's, it's cool that people even care to be involved like that. The only other character that I know that the audience hated like that was Tariq from Power. Like, how does it feel to be a part of the Power universe? It's cool because while I was filming Ballers, I, I always wanted to be a part of Power because that was the, I only heard. I used to hear three shows people like which was Game of Thrones, Ballers and Power. And um so when this opportunity came around, I was just blessed that they decided to do like a spin-off and, and, and create these other books to the Power Universe situation. So and I'm glad I'm a part of this one in particular because it's the prequel. So we go we we Power Book Three takes place in nineteen ninety one. And that's just a dope era of costume, of music, hairstyles, wardrobe, the whole thing. I'm I'm glad to just be a part of it. It's, it's such a great situation to 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 get a chance to do what I do with on this project. It's dope. What was it like, kind of like transforming your mind from like a comedy standpoint to now focus on now focusing on doing a drama? I like drama personally. Don't get me wrong, I still want to do a, a, a nice, fun comedy, but as an actor, as an artist, I like I like the more dramatic roles, really, because because they're so opposite of what I do in you know on a night to night basis. So to stress the, to stress my my acting chops on a more serious side allows me to continue to stretch my range because even with ballers. It was still like some comedic stuff. With this character and this project, it's a lot more, it's a lot darker and a lot more, um, this character is very complex. Um, and so it was fun bringing this character, Marvin Thomas, to life. I know earlier that, I mean, like earlier you mentioned that she was a fan of the show. Like, um, like, who were some of your favorite characters on the prior um, powers? Well, the thing about it, I was a fan of the show just from the energy and the idea of what the show's about, but I had never watched Power. I never watched Power because I wanted to be a part of Power. But since I couldn't at the time, I just stayed focused on, on what I was doing, which was ballers at the time. So I, I, I don't know if, if that makes sense, but like, I just wanted to be a part of it so badly I couldn't watch it um, because it makes perfect sense, actually. Yeah, you know, what I, mean? I was like, "Damn, I wanted mm. to do it, I couldn't do it." So I just, I'm one of those people. If I can't have it, I just cut, <laughs> I just cut it off. I don't All even right. try to dance around with it. Nah, I just, you know, if w whatever it is, I just, you know, I, I nip it and keep and keep it moving. So, so I haven't. I don't know. I don't know anything about. Nothing but the power book that I'm shooting. That's about as much, <laughs> much as I know. So Raising Canaan like, is the prequel to the original show. And from the trailer, it kind of seems like your character is like the muscle of the group. Like, can you give us some background about your character? Marvin Thomas is the oldest sibling, and I'm young Canaan's uncle. So I basically introduced Canaan to a lot of this street behavior that he gets into um or i'm at least i'm at least one of one of the people who do it his mom does it as well and so um my my sister rock who plays Kanan's mother she's kind of like she runs it she runs the family business because mm -hmm. at one point i was in i was in charge but my, i let my irresponsible ways you know, uh, get in the mix. And so she had to take over. And so there's a little resentment between Marvin and Rock because of it. 
And so I flex my leadership skills or my need for control. I flex them over Canaan. And I have him and I tell his boys what to do, um, that sort of thing. And I have a brother on here played by Malcolm May. His name, his character named Lulu. He and I be going at it because I feel like my sister is giving him a lot more love than me. So it causes a little animosity between us. But I also have a daughter, Jukebox, and me and her have a very complex relationship because of our differences and the stuff that, and, and, and things that we haven't addressed that we let build up. So people get a chance to see how my character has so many different, the dynamic between me and, 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 and every other character is uh, each one is very special and different from the next. None of the relationships are the same um, of the ones that I've played with everybody. So, uh, but Marvin, he got a lot of love for his family. He's just a little trifling at times. And he has and he's zero tolerance for anything that comes, anything that can potentially bring harm to the family, especially his nephew, zero tolerance, zero tolerance. And um, people will get to see how Marvin uh, protects his family in a, in a very cold-hearted, uh, loving way, if you will. Can we expect uh, Marvin to kind of link up with um, Young Ghost and Young Tommy without giving it away? Because uh, I don't want you to get in trouble. No, no, without giving it away, what the audience has to understand is that those characters, like because we're the prequel, everybody has to remember we're going back to when Canon was like 15. So a lot of those, a lot of the adult relationships aren't even necessarily established that young, unless they decide to go into it. Let's just say we get some future seasons and they decide to introduce it that way. But as of now, we're really just taking it back with the focus around Canaan um, and his upbringing and how we as a family unit groomed him to be who everyone else knows, who, uh, who the fans of, the power universe um, have come to know. So I, I won't say too much about that, but I will just say more so I will allude to the idea that we taking it back with as early with Canaan. So a lot of those relationships started, you know, much later on. What was it like working with Malcolm and Patina? Because they have kind of a, um, a theater background, just like yourself. Yeah, man, casting did a great job, man, with finding talent. And so I remember just from the table read, these guys were bringing it, and it was so good during the table read. I was, it made I felt the pressure. I was like, okay, I'm gonna definitely step my game up because I see how you know how everybody is really bringing the performance off the. They're bringing the performance off the paper. I knew that by the time they got off book or by the time they memorized the line, we got on set. They was gonna really bring bring the ruckus because. They was giving it up just reading it. And um, Patina, she is a Tony Award actress, and she does a great job at leading this ship. She, she's the captain of the ship. We respect her. A lot of these guys were, um, they just really came in with the professional style, and I, I was able to work with them, so they're really dope. Behind the scenes, what was it like working with um, Courtney Kent, 50 Cent, and the rest of the um, power crew that we don't see? Courtney and 50 are both smart individuals who have a good eye, you know, for talent and a good script, you know. Um, I think the fact that Power's been able to last as long and even with the spinoffs lets you know that they're both really tapped into what's going on. And uh, I had a chance, I, I had a, a few times to talk to 50 about the project and he's really excited about it. And, uh, he likes, you know, what we've been doing so far. And that's always good. Make sure the producers mm -hmm. are happy with your work and your performance. And that's what it's about, just making sure that the, the people in the people in the positions, making sure they're happy. You know, we try to give it up in each scene and, and, and really bring what we need to bring. And um and if, if those people are, are good with it, then you know, then I'm I'm good with it. How about working with Omar Epps? What was it like working with him? We had a chance to um we started to connect during the table reads and stuff like that. We catch each other, um, you know, getting prepared for our scenes because our storylines don't cross. I don't, I don't. I have maybe a couple scenes with him, um, 
But if anything, we would more so connect during our table reads and just the preparation stuff. And uh, you know, he's straight. You know what I mean? And he's he's a veteran. He's somebody you gotta you gotta definitely respect because I, I was I was already a fan of his work going back to Juice. You know what I mean? So uh, that kind of thing, you gotta salute. You gotta salute a, a, a cat like that. But just you know, his work, his his previous work. You know, forget this one. I mean, his previous work speaks speaks for itself. So already that you know that requires a lot of respect just for his time in the game and his knowledge with within this man. So definitely, um, good brother, man. On camera or behind the scenes, like how many juice jokes were kind of directed his way? I think I probably had the most of them. Uh, <laughs> and that's a good question. Yeah, I was the one with the juice jokes. I, you know, we, we'll read the line and I'll throw out, yeah, I'm cute. Like, if you know the movie, <laughs> then you know the line. So, people who knew all the inside stuff, all the inside jokes, would laugh at the stuff. But yeah, I had, I, I like, I had my little one liner that I would throw in there, uh, you know, just to be, to really just to pay homage. Cause, I mean, I know when I was younger, he definitely watching Juice made me want to DJ, you know. So even with and even with the the DJ and I did experiment with, um, you know, I was I enjoyed it, you know what I mean. So I owe that to him and his performance because he's one of those young perform he's one of those young artists that I definitely was looking at. It was um, Omar Epps, Lorenz Tate, um. Tyron Turner, of course, came from from Insta Society. Cuba Gooden Jr. was one of them young ones at the time. We talking about '90s, going back to the '90s. So mm-hmm. it was a couple cats like that, man, that I really was always looking at. Uh, of course, Denzel too. I was always peeping the game. Uh, I was inspired, definitely. I think Juice kind of had a big impact on how Raising Canaan is kind of presented. Do you think that's a accurate assessment, kind of like from the wardrobe, from the lingo? That '90s vibe, like I said, is all throughout Raising Cane. It's not. It's not just like, oh, we got the clothes on, or we got just the haircut. It's everything. It's the type of. Mm-hmm. It's the type of shoes. It's the type of socks. Um, in this, in, in Raising Canaan, I drive. Uh, I drive a, a few Benzes, a, a Porsche, and some other stuff. But it's all they all vintage cars. Everything is authentic to, to the fabric of. Uh, even in my in my apartment, um, in my apartment on, on on the show, my 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 furniture is nineties. The, the 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 table, the the futons, the like all the way down to the Rubik's cube that we have in a couple of scenes. Everything to the candy wrappers is going back to ninety one. So a lot of this stuff had to be custom, you know, just for this project. They got them, you know, they had to find some specialists to really do the stuff, and. Um, so you gonna see you gonna see you gonna see that New Jack City influence. You gonna see uh, you gonna see that Juice influence because you gotta think we we we're talking Southside Jamaica Queens. We are talking about New York. We got we talking about the grid of the grid of the '90s. Everything about it says '91. Um, so I can't wait for people to really for everyone to just take a take a like going. It's like going on a big on a um, on a field trip back to the '90s. And when you hear the music and you see the texture of the of the shots, it just screams '90s. So you're gonna you're gonna definitely get it. you're gonna definitely have some connections to things like Juice, you know, uh, New Jack City, Sugar Hill, or New Jersey Drive, all the East Coast stuff, all the '90s stuff, all the hip hop stuff, uh, all the fashion stuff, all the hairdo stuff, and you know, you you're gonna definitely feel uh, the '90s energy there. What type of clothes are you guys going to be rocking? Because um, are you guys going to be rocking like Tommy Hill and Nordica? We're going back to like there's some polo stuff in there. I mean, my first mm-hmm. date on set, I had a fitting over at Dapper Dance in Harlem. So we talk, we're going back to the Gucci stuff, to the, I mean, you just name it. All the high-end fashion stuff of the 90s, you know, um, I know there's a couple of scenes I'm in some Versace stuff. Um, I mean, I'm, I'm in the, some def, some personalized, customized uh, Dapper Dan stuff. 
You know, so my character fortunately gets to wear some really fly clothes. Um, leather coats up the wazoo. I don't think I'm, I don't know if I'm ever not in a leather coat. Um, so it's just, it's a lot, I mean, a lot of high-end stuff. A lot of high-end stuff. And all the way down to the socks. They kept it, they kept it, uh, kept it crispy, man. Why do you think these time period shows kind of like resonates with like people that's our age, like more than, more than the average person? I think it covers both sides, which is, if you were living in, in, in during the 90s, I'm from the 80s, so if you've been living, you know, during the 90s, then it's going to be a nice throwback for you. But if you are somebody that's born, excuse me, after the 90s, then it's, it's going to be something new to see. And they're going to, I think that a lot of young people are going to watch this and all the stuff that they thought was new, from the hair, the hair, uh, the haircuts and hairstyles to the different bright colors that they, they and the bagginess that they're doing now that they think is new. They be like, oh shoot, we actually took it. All this stuff is a repeat from the '90s, and, uh, and they're gonna appreciate that angle. But then for us who lived during the era, like that's what made it cool because at the time I was still a kid, um, but I remember going to school with the flat top and. I remember, you know, wearing some of those clothes and the airbrush stuff. And so, you know, I looked at some pictures and my my mom, <clears throat> my mom and my stepfather and my family was wearing, was looking like we did, you know. So it's a whole vibe. It's a whole mood when people watch it that they're going to get from the first episode of season one. Do you see like a situation where power can be like the All My Children or, or um, just one of those shows that goes on for years and spans generations? Because I can't really see that. It would be nice if they let it rock for quite some time because it's, first of all, the writers are so great, man. Shout out to Sasha Penn. He does a great job at just understanding how to tell a story. It's not just a shoot 'em up type of a show but i think people want to really understand the in the in-depth details of where we develop these characters from and um the ups and downs that they go through whether you are whether you're black whether you're from the uh, you're not from the east coast whether you're not from new york at all anything like that you're still going to be able to re uh, relate and connect to the story because the stories are rich the characters have been really flushed out well and so that's why each episode, the characters, they just get more and more developed and more flushed out. And people want to really be able to see all the sides of these uh, these characters. And so because of that, I think that the lifespan of the show uh, has great potential. Why do you think shows like Power, The Wire, or even Snowfall like resonate with people so much? Because the same reason I just listed, which is when you got good writers who understand how to develop characters and really get into stories that mean something to people that that have some high stakes in them people are able to look at this show and like i said if you, you don't have to be from the east coast you 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 don't have to have ever visited uh new york you don't have to have even been born in the 90s but you understand what these characters are going through because you may not understand the pain uh, you may not have had the same things happen to you as these characters, but you understand real pain, and these characters feel that. And um, so I think that's something that that would allow people to make a connection emotionally, which will keep them invested um, into the show. Which one of these shows do you feel like had the most impact? Because that's a big debate right now. They all are something different because we're talking about Baltimore, we're talking about L.A., and we're talking about New York, so I think that, you know, oh man, that's a good one. I don't know. Mm -hmm. but, you know, it's hard to say because we're not done with power yet. Now, once once, mm -hmm. once power is done, then we can maybe, we can put, we can weigh it against the other one. But since power is still going, we'll have to, we have to revisit this question to see what we, <laughs> when we come back to. And, and snowfall, snowfall is still going. And we know The Wire made a serious impact. Those guys, from Michael B. Jordan, the Idris, and so forth, and, and, and these guys have all taken off and had some really solid careers. Um, and so, and then, um, 
Dancing over at, at, at Snowfall. Shout out to him. He's leading that cast. And um, so I, I don't know. Until power is done, we we got we have to revisit that and see what's going on. Before we go, we have to talk about the NBA, man. Like, what are your thoughts on this past season? Being from LA, I'm disappointed with mm-hmm. the Lakers. This playoff, it revealed that we don't have any shooters. It looks like I can understand LeBron James' frustration. I know I'm sure some trades and some things will be made for us. I'm still proud of the Lakers. I'm rocking with the Lakers to the end. So shout out to the whole squad and everybody else uh, over at over in LA. And oh, but overall, it's been an exciting. It's been an exciting season. Um, I think because there are a lot of teams that we hadn't seen in in the playoffs like this, uh, or maybe this far. So that alone, the energy is very. You know, there's a lot of energy in the air just to see these teams go. There's a lot of underdogs, and there's a there's a lot of hating going on on the for those underdogs, and because of that. There's a lot of tension. A lot of people want to people want to see Cats win. People want to see Cats fall. So we got both sides really going. The energy is is head to head. Let alone the players. Um, so it'll be interesting, you know, to see how this whole thing comes about at the end. I ain't gonna hate on the Clippers or nothing like that. I know you want to, guy. <laughs> you know, because they're from LA, but because LA hands down is Lakers. And the Dodgers, you know, what I mean, that's that's and even even the Raiders, um, you know, shout out to the Rams, though. But I don't want to hit on the Clippers, man. But that's going to be interesting if, if, if we see the Clippers up there having a parade in the city. I don't I don't I don't even know about that. I mean, it's respect. But as a Laker, as a, as a Laker guy, the, we, that's interesting. For, that'll be interesting for the whole city. Hey man, it might happen one day, but it's not gonna happen this year. I can tell you that. Come on, somebody. You said it, not me. Come on, somebody. <laughs> so obviously your Lakers, they're not going to the finals this year. Um, do you still have faith in AD or do you think they should kind of go out um and get that third star, whether it's Dane I or think, Bradley Bill or somebody else? I think we're good with AD. He just had a little injury. Hopefully the downtime he's able to get back strong. We wish him well and all um, and speedy recovery. We I think we I, I like the I like the LeBron and AD combo right there. I think there's an energy that AD brings where he I, I like how he he was also carrying carrying the team as well. You know because when his when he was out when he got injured his presence was his or his lack of presence was felt. So yeah, we I, I think we ought to keep AD man, and, and we can move some other situations around, and always in in all respect because I I really have a problem with how they be moving the players around without even telling them, and I, I I'm not really into that the politics of of, of the game, but mm-hmm. you know um we need we, LeBron keep AD, and then adjust after that accordingly. You guys don't want Dame Dollar if he's on the move. I mean, like, because he's a guy that could, you know, add another three to four years to LeBron's show. Like, I mean, it's a lot of potential moves that could be made for, uh, and who knows? You know, and sometimes just the idea of Cavs being traded makes them go harder in the summer and really train and and work on what they need to work on. Come back in a new season, and they and they mentally they'll be you know prepared. Uh, and then sometimes you got to cut the weak. You got to cut. I don't even want to call them the weak links. Sometimes cats just they don't fit into the program. It's about finding the right combination and moving pieces around until everyone's on the same page. And and and, and it's disappointing because we should we should have had we should have won again. We sh- we should have won again. Mm-hmm. Like we, we we came we coming off that wave of last year. You know I don't know, maybe that was different, that was motivated by Kobe and the whole I don't know but I felt like we should have we, we should have gone further and I think AD played a AD played a major part in why we, we won that chip so uh we'll see man I uh, hopefully you know hopefully they'll you know reconstruct the team or get it get cats on the same page so we ain't gotta have LeBron being frustrated and, and walking out like that. We gotta we gotta win again. What what city are you from? 
I'm from Brooklyn, New York. Yeah, I thought so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't really talk too much shit with you because of the Knicks, but <laughs> but yeah. I mean, it's a good series. I like the series. Mm-hmm. I, I like the series though. And there's a lot of it's, it's a lot of it's a lot of uh, it's a lot of energy too because Cavs been Cavs been locked up and cooped up. You know what I mean? So the the, the, the Knicks the the Knicks the Knicks energy you know New York energy is crazy anyway. But so I, I get everybody's on one. A few weeks ago, like Stephen A. said, Devin Booker is the next Kobe. Like. As a Lakers guy, as a Kobe guy, do you agree with that? Because I, I think that. at this point in his career, it's kind of too early to be saying that about him. Steve Book is is very very solid, talented, and that whole thing. I mean, he's, you can definitely you definitely can tell that he, when he was up under Kobe, he was listening, and that's that's clear. We get that, but I'm like, we got a slow. I'm not saying that he can't be or that he won't be. I'm just saying right now, let's not count these eggs before they hatch, man. Let's just, I, I think we got to calm down, man. You can't, we got to slow down. We talking about, like, we got to, we got, we just got to slow down. That's all. I mean, I, it's, and it's all respect. We just got to, we got to let them, we got to let them continue to grow and, and, and right, he has potential to be, you know, continue to be a great, and be one of the Hall of Famers and all that good stuff, but let's just let it play out first, and and and, and let's respect Kobe at the same time with that move. I'm like, you know, hey, you know, because because even with Kobe, we knew Kobe was great coming out of high school, but it's just a respect thing. Like, yo, then after Kobe start winning the rings, now we got something to really stand on like that in in a very mm-hmm. solid way. Um, but I, but that says a lot about. Deep book because I think that people just see they see his star rising and and in leaps and bounds. So it's a compliment to him, but I know that also probably applies pressure to him as well. I got respect for him. So let me be clear. Let me just say that. I'm not saying I think that I think I think that Booker would also agree. I think that he would say, yo, respectfully, I appreciate y'all liking my performance on, on the on the court, but it's the same humility that Jordan has when they say, when they call him the GOAT, and he starts talking about, you know, um, Dr. J, Will Chamberlain, everybody else. He has to calm everybody down, you know, and just say, hey, I got to disrespect to those guys. So I think if Booker takes the humble uh, the humble approach with the whole thing, that'll also make, that'll also create a different respect for him, you know, for having respect for Kobe. Did you see on one of them shows, um, I forgot which one, but somebody was comparing um, Booker and Aiton to Kobe and Shaq. And to me, that just made me just turn it off. If you're going to talk about Kobe and Shaq, I think the only person that might really be able to, to fit in that scenario would be, to me, I've always said, like, LeBron is like, LeBron is like the... Um, is like the DNA of... Shaq and Kobe in the sense that he has the strength of Shaq, but the agility of Kobe Bryant, the athleticism of like a Kobe, but the the, the size and the, the the strength, like I said, from Shaq, and he's like those two. That's why, like, he's in his own. Like LeBron James is in his own. He's in his own space. He's not even. You can't even say compare him to Jordan. You can't compare him to Kobe. LeBron James is his own. We've never even had a LeBron James. He's the he's the first LeBron James ever. Like out of high school, that size, that weight, play play in the, you know, playing the key outside. LeBron is a whole other. He's a whole other machine. Uh, so I don't even like comparing. I'm like LeBron. is his own guy, and. Uh, Kobe is definitely his own guy, and Shaq is definitely his own person. Uh, before the record, for me, uh, Jordan's still the GOAT. Jordan's the GOAT for me. I don't know, maybe because I'm from the 80s, but Jordan is the GOAT. He said, well, why is Always. Jordan the GOAT? Because even when you talk to people that you that you want to compare to Jordan, they'll all say that Jordan is the GOAT. They'll all say they learn from Jordan and they watch Jordan. 
I don't know. It just Jordan played Jordan played with a different kind of finesse that we have yet to see even repeated. Even even though Kobe's great, he don't play like Jordan, and I don't want him to. Um, Kobe's his own person, but it, he he still don't get me wrong. He played like Kobe, but I mean you definitely see the Jordan influence all day. No 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 doubt about mm-hmm. that. But Jordan is the goat. Jordan is the goat, hands down. Forget stats and no stats. Jordan is the goat. But another goat, for example, AI is AI is 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 his own goat in the sense that his influence of the game. Like certain cats is not about stats or rings, just about how did they change the game. AI don't get enough credit for for single handedly changing the NBA. But that's a whole other thing. All right. Right, he brought yeah. flavor to the league, basically. He probably he brought a whole new vibe to the league. Got out them suits, put on them braids with the braids, the tats, the the whole the baggy shit, the whole thing, the crossover. Nigga, before before AI cats was crossed. Well, you had you had a couple cats, um, you know, um, that was you know that was hitting us with the crossover. But the type of finesse that AI brought with the crossover. He brought that flavor to the game. But, you know, uh, I think he's part of that 96 class, which is really dope. So, like, if LeBron doesn't win, like, another title in L.A., and this is it for him, I was having this debate with somebody the other day. Like, do you think that his numbers should be up there with um, Kobe, Shaq, Magic, Kareem, and the rest of them? Because me personally, I think so, because he brought relevancy back to that franchise after, like, a decade of them being mismanaged and he basically won a title for them within two years of him being in. I think I have to agree with that because we was in a slump. When Kobe, I think Kobe had left too, 2016. We was in a slump <laughs> when Kobe left. The game got boring. It it was just it wasn't the same when Kobe left. Uh and then and then being from LA when we lost Nipsey that was a hard, that was a hard hit to the stomach when we lost Nipsey. And then we turn around and we lose Kobe. We was like, "Woo, that was a lot for us. So even just him being here just gave us some hope in general. He's, he, he, we, Elliot embraced LeBron and, and, Le, and LeBron wasn't like a cat who came in who really wanted to be somewhere else, but he just came over here for the money necessarily. But you could tell, like, LeBron likes being here in L.A. Le- LeBron be messing with the L.A. folks. So we got a lot of love for LeBron. And because, like you said, because he brought some fresh energy to the city, I think that's enough for him to definitely uh, hang the jersey up over here. So I got nothing but respect uh, for, for, for LeBron. Before we go, I want to play a couple of rounds of start, bench, and cut. And since right. we're on a... And since we're on the Lakers, I kind of want to start with them. All right, so start, bench, cut, Kobe, Magic, or Bron. Oh, start, cut, bench. Okay, we got to – all right, we got to start – we'll start Kobe. Woo! Oh, my goodness. We're going to start Kobe. Well, you know what? Ah, okay, well, no, we're going to start Magic. Bench Kobe. Up, uh, say it. <laughs> okay, how about this? I got it. Start Kobe, bench LeBron. We're going to cut Magic because he cut himself anyway. I don't feel bad about them. He retired, so I feel uh, I can justify with that. All right, there we go. And Magic was was a pass first guy anyway. So me personally, I don't think he'll care about stats or starting to anyway. All of that. That's another great point. Mm-hmm. All right. So all right, start bench cut. Power, the wire, snowfall. Another hard one. Oh, you would think this wouldn't mean that much. So I'm gonna take the same approach. We're gonna start. We're gonna start power. All right. No, you know what? I'm gonna respect it. I'm gonna I'm gonna start I'm gonna start we're gonna start power we're gonna bench the wire. Oh man! But I'm 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 going back and forth because the reason why I'm saying the reason why I'm saying uh, 
Vince the wire because the wire is so clutch it can come off the it can come off the bench and deliver. Mm-hmm. So I'm I I'm, a, I'm that. a, that's one way to look at it. But at the same time, I want to start I want to start the wire because I mean it it, it definitely held it, held it down. It was inspiration for a lot of other stuff. So I can go back and forth, man. I, they can switch in and out. But let's just say, respectfully, I could probably I could probably even start start the wire. Bench power. No, I ain't gonna do that because I'm on power. Power. We starting bench the wire, and um, since we compete, we gonna compete with snowfall. We gonna cut snowfall because they a great show. So yep. yeah, yeah, man. Don't mess up the bag, man. Yeah, I know. I got to talk about it. Yeah. The last thing I need fifty get a hold of this split. I'm like, no, nah, fifty. We starting absolutely. All right, so the last start bench cut is another power related um, subject. So we have Monet from um, Power Book Two, Jukebox, and Raquel. So two of them are from my power. You're saying Raquel and Raquel from your from your power, Monet from from the one that just came on Power Book Two, and Jukebox. All right, so Monet is gonna do. You say Monet right for two. Two? Yeah. Okay. All respect. We're gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna start with Rock because she's the captain. Uh-huh. Jukebox. Um jukebox from mine. She's she's strong. She come off the bench scoring. No problem. Easy. She does an incredible job. Let me keep let me say that again. Both of them do. I had scenes with both of them. I can't wait to see those scenes. And then, respectfully, I'm gonna cut. Respectfully, I'm gonna cut Monet uh, because I haven't had a scene the performance. That's all. So, with respect to her too. I, I haven't watched. I haven't watched No Powers. I haven't. So that that'd be my that'd be my pick. Hey, I could respect that, man. But um, I want to thank you for joining us today. Your story is very inspirational, and I'm looking forward to um, checking out. Um, raising Canaan this summer on, on Starts. I wish I could check it out now after I saw that trailer. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate you having me and all that good stuff, man. It's um should be should be it should be worth catching up on Sundays, man.